This Rarecast is made possible by Global Genes, a leading education and advocacy organization that serves and promotes the needs of patients and families touched by rare and genetic disease. Since 2009, Global Genes has been building awareness, developing patient-focused education and advocacy tools, and funding patient care programs and critical research. To learn more, go to globalgenes.org. I'm Daniel Levine, and this is Rarecast. Despite growing acceptance that patients have the clearest view of the health outcomes that matter, Drugs to treat rare diseases often live or die on outcome measures that may fail to reflect their benefits to patients. As a result, regulatory approval and reimbursement decisions may be made in the absence of measures of meaningful health outcomes for patients. We spoke to Tomas Morel, a research fellow at KU Leuven in Belgium and co-author of an article in the November issue of the Orphanet Journal of Rare Diseases about the particular challenges of rare disease clinical trials, the importance of patient-centered outcome measures for them, and what it will take to develop and use such measures for rare disease clinical studies. Tomas, thanks for joining us. My pleasure. We're going to talk about a recent piece you co-authored in the Orphanet Journal of Rare Disease, the use of patient-centered outcome measures and work by the International Rare Disease Research Consortium. Perhaps we can begin with the problem, this paradox you note between the value of outcome measures that address patient concerns and needs and the continued reliance on measures that fail to adequately capture that. What's the problem? Well, rare disease patients face a paradox indeed. Um, while it is now uh, widely accepted that, you know, the patient perspective is central and that rare disease patients are the best experts of the condition, all too often what matters to rare disease patients is poorly captured in research and um, drug development programs. Uh, for instance, many rare disease drug development programs rest on surrogate outcomes such as lab measures that may not reflect treatment benefit but patient value. And Ultimately, this is indeed a problem since as often drugs come through and are being assessed by regulators, health technology assessment agencies or payers, these very um, considerations relating to patient-relevant outcomes, the acceptance of surrogate endpoints or um, what represents a meaningful benefit to patients are then often debated and sometimes results in, in negative or restricted appraisal outcomes that then, then limit the availability of these orphan drugs to disease patients who are you know, basically hoping for these therapies to come through. Well, why do we have this problem? Is it a regulatory issue? Does it have to do with the need for objective, quantifiable data? Are we stuck in just using what's been done before? or are patients still not being fully embraced for the value they can bring in 
determining meaningful outcome measures? Well, first of all, I'd say that quantifiable data are, are, are critical to be able to, to make fair decisions. Um, so we cannot move away from measurements. In fact, um, well, I, I would tend to believe that applying good measurement principles in fact part of the solution, really, and, uh, and, and not not the problem. Uh, what my co-author Stefan Kano and I believe um, that the problem is actually linked to the difficulty in, in weighing which clinical endpoints to use, and this we believe comes down to another paradox, really, that as on the one hand, we're trying to speed drug development in rare diseases and, and really surrogate endpoints have a potential to make trials faster. But at the same time, there is a push to truly understand how a treatment impacts patients and how they feel, function, and survive. And this second imperative, in contrast, actually causes trials to, to need to be bigger or, or, or longer. And ultimately, what regulators and reimbursement agencies want is to be able to translate with quantifiable data and observe treatment effects into a, a meaningful, interpretable, and unequivocal measure of patient benefit. And in our opinion, rare disease patients have not yet been involved enough, um, really, to assist us better understand what ought to be measured. Perhaps we can take a minute to define terms. What exactly is meant by patient-centered outcome measures? Well, patient-centered outcome measures embrace all forms of clinical outcome assessment. You know, the US FDA defines four types of clinical outcome assessment measures. You've got the patient-reported outcome measures, the clinician reported outcome measures, the observer reported outcome measures, and then the performance outcome measures. All of them actually measure patient symptoms or the effects of a disease on how um, the patient functions. The distinct feature of patient-centered outcome measures is that they are anchored to patients, to their chief complaints, to their daily experience of disease, and to the expectations of treatment benefit. So, in other words, there are measures that focus on the outcomes most important to patient survival, functional feelings, as identified or affirmed by the patients themselves or their close relatives. A barrier to getting regulatory approval and reimbursement of new treatments for rare diseases, in part, has to do with the difficulty in demonstrating improvement in meaningful health outcomes for patients. How big a problem is that, and how well an agreement is there as to what is a meaningful outcome? Well, that's the whole problem, really. As uh, indeed, because rare diseases are atrogenous diseases uh, characterized by small patient populations and, and really limited knowledge about actual history, it is admittedly very challenging to define and to agree on what ought to be measured. And from that perspective, patients have a critical role to play in this regard, really to help us define and agree uh, and agree on what outcomes ought to be measured. You say existing value frameworks, registries, and outcomes-based contracts largely fall short of consistently measuring the full range of outcomes that matter to patients. Why is that? Well, while the um, 
increasingly moving towards a new patient-focused drug development reality, um, notably in the earlier stages of research and drug development. Admittedly, patient participation is not that high in later stages of drug, drug development, including during um, reimbursement um, appraisal. As a result, value frameworks and outcome-based contracts fall short indeed of consistently measuring the range of outcomes that matter to patients. Um, this is, however, a changing landscape as we, we observe there are a few now prominent policy initiatives that advocate for greater patient involvement and a greater focus on the patient perspective in health technology assessment and value assessment processes. And uh, for example, uh, I'd like to mention here the, um, the, the initiative by the uh, Health Technology Assessment International or, or, or even uh, from uh, FastCures in the U.S. There are some challenges when it comes to outcomes that are notable within the world of rare diseases. I'd like to get your thoughts on these and, and how they contribute to the problem. The first is the heterogeneity of these diseases. Well, heterogeneity is, is indeed a challenge to outcome measurement. You know, take the, the case of, of Duchenne or, or Alstrom syndrome that I, you know, we discuss in our paper. Uh, as the symptoms and signs of disease and the overall effect on patient function can be very different, really, across individuals affected by the very same rare disease. And actually, these symptoms and signs of disease can actually also change as the condition progresses. And this is clearly, uh, you know, a big challenge to, to you know, thorough and accurate uh, outcome measurement in rare diseases. Rare disease trials, by their very nature, are small. The issue of statistical significance can also be a problem. In rare disease trials, which by their nature are small, the issue of statistical significance can also be a problem. Do the small patient populations add to these challenges? Uh, well, they, uh, they surely do. Uh, you know, rare disease um, trials are often small in, in size, and they, and they require the development of efficient trial designs that are relevant to small populations um, in order to gain the most information from the available data. And, and really, in this context, the selection of the right endpoints that focus on the right outcomes is critically important. And really, we believe that um, the use of patient-centered outcome measures have, a, have a really a key role to play here, since patient-centered outcome measures relate more closely to what matters to patients. You know, I mean, they, they've got stronger consent validity. We believe that the, the ability to demonstrate treatment benefits uh, statistically, it is greater. So, really, in other words, the, the more targeted the instrument, the fewer patients you need to reach statistical significance. How should trial sponsors and investigators arrive at patient-centered outcome measures? Well, I would make three points here. Um, first, I think... Um, they should acknowledge that rare disease therapies should be developed to treat patients, not just their disease. 
Now, it's thus very important to partner with rare disease patients to agree on the outcomes to measure. Second, um, I believe they should integrate very early in their drugs development plans what are the evidentiary requirements and expectations from regulators and payers later on. And that's, again, the, the, you know, the, the concept of effectiveness data and patient-relevant data that are, that are expected um, down the line. And, and three, um, well, I hope they will realize that sometimes the, the, the legacy instruments, those, you know, those traditional outcome measure instruments that have been traditionally used are not necessarily fit for purpose enough and lack the specificity and responsiveness really to demonstrate treatment effects. So in that perspective, novel patient-centered outcome measures are clearly an option worth exploring. What should be the process for creating and validating new patient-centered outcome measures? Well, that's a big question. <laughs> well, well, before validating, you need actually to come to an end to, a, to a, an outcome measure, and you may actually, well, um, recycle an existing instrument. Uh, or you may actually adapt that one uh, to, to, to be uh, more fit for purpose. A key message that I'd like to convey here is that there are over, you know, 7,000 rare diseases identified today. So it is really impossible to develop specific outcome measures for every single rare disease. Um, nonetheless, as to the, the process, I think, to, to come to patient-centered outcome measures, I, I believe there are four core principles that should guide outcome measurement work in rare diseases, really. The first is that we should just start as early as possible and um, optimally and as a, as a pre-competitive initiative. And, you know, a, 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 a clear example of that one is the COREHEM project in hemophilia um, that is uh, led by the U.S. Uh, hemophilia Foundation. The second core principle, I think, is just to partner with patients and with patient groups throughout the process. Thirdly, um, we should just, in rare disease, clearly adopt a conceptually based approach to, to outcome measurement. Um, so really, because patient samples are, are small, you know, we need a different approach. You, you, you can't use data-driven approach because you don't have enough data. So really, you need to think conceptually in terms of outcome measures. And, and really, in that context, that's the last point, you need really to use mixed methods research methodology that we expand on really in our, in our, our paper uh, published in Offernet. And really, this methodology brings together qualitative and quantitative methods in tandem with really the explicit aim to efficiently um, make use of the data from small samples. What's the role rare disease patient organizations can play to help establish patient-centered outcomes, and are there good examples of this? Well, I think they are, they are of critical importance, and really, the best example that comes to my mind is really the, the work uh, uh, 
done by the, the um, Duchenne muscular dystrophy uh, advocacy groups. Um, so clearly in, in the US they have had a prominent role, but this has also been relayed in Europe um, from by the, the Dutch um, Duchenne um, parents uh, project um, uh, advocacy group really to look into new outcome measures and, and they've really pushed forward the, you know, the whole concept of upper line um, and, and, and the importance of, of retaining the inability of uh, upper line function. Um, and that was clearly uh, completely uh, another, another perspective that was very important to, to convey to every, every healthcare um, and decision makers. Uh, likewise, I think the uh, other noteworthy uh, examples have been include the the, the Dravet syndrome um, work in, in from Spain, or, or again the the Cohen project in hemophilia that aimed to identify co-outcome sets in, in hemophilia. So uh, clearly, uh, these uh, these have been you know, thought leadership really initiatives. Um, that, that many should get inspire, inspiration from. There seems to be a lot of talk by regulators in the industry to do more to incorporate what's been called the patient voice in all aspects of the drug development process. What's it going to take to move toward patient-centered outcome measures, and do you see any significant indications we're doing that? Well, it's admittedly a slow process, and Clearly, the U.S. FDA has been instrumental at uh, starting the whole debate, uh, and this almost 10 years ago, really. Um, but, it, you know, it's slowly, you know, coming through, and, and certainly the, this initiative um, by the International Rare Disease Research Consortium and this specific you know, task force about patient-centered outcome measures you know, really aims to re, uh, re-energize, really, the, the debate in the context of rare diseases. I think, from my perspective, rare disease patient advocacy groups have a, have a key role to play here, really, to make sure that there's a, a much greater focus on the need to invest and use patient-centered outcome measures uh, in future. Clearly, I know from as a, as a European that Euhortis, uh, the, the European Rare Disease Patient Umbrella uh, Organization, aims to, to really um, well shift the debate forward on that, um, and I'm sure it, it will uh, be related in the U.S. as well. Thomas Morel, a research fellow at KU Leuven in Belgium and co-author of an article on patient-centered outcome measures in the November Orphanet Journal of Rare Diseases. Tomas, thanks as always. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening. For more information about rare disease and to connect to the rare disease community, go to globalgenes.org. To keep up on the latest news and trends affecting the rare disease community, be sure to visit raredaily.org. You can subscribe to the Rarecast RSS feed through raredaily.org or through SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, or your preferred podcast manager. The Rarecast is produced for Global Genes by the Levine Media Group. You can also find our podcast, The Bio Report, on these popular podcast sites. Our theme music is composed by Jonah Levine and performed by the Jonah Levine Collective. We'd love to hear from you. Drop us a note at danny at levinemediagroup.com.